Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. It is 410, 39 degrees and cloudy outside here in Northeast Pennsylvania, the station in Pittston. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Well, did were you guys aware that an Iranian-backed cyber terrorist group attacked a uh, water authority, municipal water authority, here in Pennsylvania? It happened out in Aliquippa, Pennsylvania, this weekend. The municipal water authority of Aliquippa said on Saturday that one of their booster stations had been hacked by an Iranian-backed cyber group. Matthew Motes, the chairman of the board of directors for the Municipal Water Authority in Aliquippa, confirmed to the local TV station that the cyber group known as Cyber Avengers, AV3NGERS, took control of one of the stations, and an alarm went off as soon as the hack had occurred. Well, that's a good thing. Motes added that the station, located in the outskirts of town, monitors and regulates pressure for Raccoon and Potter townships and stress that there is no known risk to the drinking water or water supply. The machine that was hacked uses a system called Unitronics, which Motes says is software and has components that are Israeli-owned. The system has since been disabled. Members of the Pennsylvania State Police were called to booster stations to the booster station on Saturday and began a criminal investigation. In a statement on Sunday, Congressman Chris Deluzio said he was monitoring the situation. On his uh, Facebook page, Congressman Chris Deluzio, I'm closely monitoring the cyber attack on a municipal water authority of Aliquippa. My office is in touch with leadership, which reports that there has been no loss of water service for folks. Federal officials are assisting the investigation, and I remain ready to help with federal agencies. Attacks on our critical infrastructure like water are unacceptable. I intend to push for a full investigation here and accountability for attackers, and I will continue the important bipartisan work on the House Armed Services Cyber Information Technologies and Innovation Subcommittee to shore up America's defenses. Cyber Avengers claim that they have taken responsibility for several attacks worldwide, including 10 water treatment stations in Israel as of October 30th, 2023. According to their X page, the cyber terrorists have their own Twitter page, their own X page. That's interesting. Now, a lot of people look at this and say, well, is it really? I mean, first of all, did you hear about this here? I mean, this happened in Pennsylvania. You know, it's western Pennsylvania, a suburb of Pittsburgh. But did you hear about this here? You know, I, I came across it yesterday when I was, uh, you know, catching up on media because I kind of media blacked out for the Thanksgiving holiday. But I didn't see much on this here. And again, I'm getting this from CBS Pittsburgh, KDKA News out there. Now, it's concerning to say the least. Now, the fact that the water supplies use this type of technology that can be hacked. Now, anything that uses Internet-based software can be hacked. But you say, okay, well, what can 
what can Iranian terror, cyber terrorists do with a water supply? You know, shut it off, you know, increase the pressure to blow the pipes. Well, those are some of the things they can do. You know, up, increase the pressure to, you know, blow pipes everywhere, destroying the infrastructure for water to these towns. Now, they're, they're not very big towns. Two of them, what was it, the... Uh, Raccoon and Potter Townships there, but a lot of these treatment plants also chlorinate the water to disinfect it. They could have surged the chlorine levels to poison people, burn people, increase the pressure of the chlorine tanks causing a poisonous gas. I mean, you look at it and you say, okay, just water, water, um, treatment facility, but it is quite dangerous, and this is just one of them. I mean, I'm sure as far as the software, I'm sure sewage treatment facilities use similar software. Um, Gas pipelines, oil pipelines, our electrical grid. You know, here's, here's a small suburb of Pittsburgh, and it's not really being put out there, and I know we keep hearing warnings about how vulnerable our infrastructure grid, our power grid is, and such like that. This should be a huge red flag for your municipalities everywhere. I mean, I did not see, and the state police are on there, so I'm sure they've done their due diligence as far as, you know, whatever notifications need to go out to other water treatment facilities in the state that may use this same software. Hopefully that was the case. And that's not something that we should, it's a public safety issue. It's not something that we should be informed of, but hopefully, and I'm sure it did follow their protocol to notify these facilities. But for us, just for our own knowledge as citizens here, you know, here's something that happened right here in Pennsylvania, the West Coast of Pennsylvania, while all this other stuff's going on. I mean, we, we saw just recently the USS Mason was fired upon in Yemen by the Houthi rebels from, uh, you know, Iranian-backed proxies. Shooting ballistic missiles at an Arleigh Burke-class destroyer. This isn't the first one either. There's been 73 attacks since October 17th on our infrastructure, on American assets in the Middle East. Pirates tried to take over another Israeli flagship, They actually got on board of the ship. The crew was able to lock themselves in a safe room, and the U.S. Navy was able to interdict and and convince them to get off the ship before they boarded and and took them out and ended up taking them into custody while they were back on their boat fleeing the ship. But in response to that, these rebels from Yemen, Iranian-backed rebels, shot ballistic missiles at the USS Mason. Sooner or later, this is going to be an elevated problem. At what point does America say you can't fire ballistic missiles at our Navy ships without us responding? And what's our response? Shooting tents in the middle of the desert in Yemen? Or is it going to be one of the top air bases in Iran to say knock it off? And then you have Iranian cyber terrorists. That's exactly what they are, cyber terrorists. Hacking into water supplies here. Now, the link... That was the first that I read about the link that it was Israeli software that was in that system. But it's still a suburb here of Pennsylvania. Iranian cyber attackers are 
damaging it. Now, thankfully, we were able to catch it and shut it down. And I've seen people, some of the comments online, ooh, big deal. You know, Iranian hackers, Iranian-backed hackers, you know, hacked into a water supply in a small town in Pennsylvania. Well, it, it is a big deal. Like I said, what if they pumped up chlorine levels and sent it out, poisoning people, killing people? What if they were able to shut the water off and just pump chlorine gas through the pipes? So when you turn your water on, you got pure chlorine gas. And I don't know if you've ever dealt with a cloud of chlorine gas, but anyone who's managed a pool, especially a commercial pool with liquid chlorine, or you know what I'm talking about. There's a, it's definitely a hazmat situation that could be critical to your health very quickly. So I'd be hesitant just to discount this. And again, being just four hours away from this, did you know this here in Northeast Pennsylvania? Was this brought up in your news here? Did you hear about it? That a Iranian-backed cyber terror group hacked into a water supply of our local townships over in western Pennsylvania. It's scary to say the least, and I'm, I'm saying it to look at all the other vulnerabilities we have from our sewage treatment plants to our gas, natural gas plants, our propane plants, our you know electrical grid. We are more vulnerable than we think. We see these things on TV and we're like, oh, it doesn't really concern us. It doesn't really have anything to do with us. We should just mind our business and stay out of it. We should just do this or this. It, it's, it's here. We see it each and every day. And again, this is something that could have been very bad very quickly. But thankfully, the system shut down. It's been identified. And, um, you know, we'll... We'll have to something we'll have to monitor and something they'll have to monitor and patch this system now. I mean, were you aware of that in Western Pennsylvania that the Iranian cyber terrorists hacked a water supply of two townships out there? Oh, and I looked at some big news sources too that cover Pennsylvania pretty well, and I didn't see them there. Yep. So, but okay, so this is where we were talking earlier, where we get this you know, there's a crash at the New York border, and all of a sudden people are talking terrorism, they don't talk about it. But you have this that's in our own state just a couple hours away. and That's a confirmed cyber terrorist attack. That's con Yeah, and we don't hear about it. How, how do you explain that as a former New York City police officer? You can't. I mean, I was just looking for that expertise that there's some explanation that no, and like I said, uh, I'm, I'm sure the state police did respond. They are there. I'm sure they are warning. They're looking at what system was hacked. They're saying, okay, you know, if I was the state police investigator, what other systems in, in Pennsylvania have this same system? Right. Let's warn Ooh. them. Be on the lookout for this. Yes. Yeah, but maybe they have through— No, I'm sure they have. Because because this is the things we have to look at. We don't want to give undue cause for alarm— mm -hmm. 
to people because you know how people get like there's no all of a sudden now there's no toilet paper on the shelves and people are living in their bunkers uh, on one hand. On the other hand, you have it, so you have the state police handling this in a way where, OK, this is the way we do it. They don't always tell you everything because it's a need to know basis. There are public a- public safety aspects that they yeah. don't tell the public, but I'm sure right. they went to the they identified, OK, this is the system that was hacked. What are the water supplies have that? Let's notify them. That doesn't mean let's panic all of Pennsylvania saying right. everyone's water supply could be hacked. You know, that's not the case, which is why I'm sure that was done quietly. Mm-hmm. But the mere fact that the media, I mean, this was CBS in Pittsburgh, picked this up. The fact that it hasn't been picked up here on the East Coast or our major networks didn't say, hey. When they do pick up on other things, yes, you yeah. are you are right. And just to say a terrorist cyber terrorist group, uh, uh, Iranian-backed terrorist cyber group hacked a water supply in Pennsylvania, rural Pennsylvania. It was caught immediately. It was shut down. But to me, this this is is what's going on. Maybe it's not good that we have everything on computer systems that have possibilities of being hacked. Like, could we not do a water supply without a computer system? Everything's computerized now. That's why I said— It just doesn't even make sense. I saw comments on this saying that— My well isn't. It was just a water supply. (gasps) But, okay, what if it was a gas—I mean— Septic Wait, what do you mean it was just a water supply that people drink and can be poisoned well, by? It was just a small-town water supply. What could they do, shut the, shut the water off? No, they could blow up the pipes with pressure. They, yeah. could, they could shut the water off and send chlorine gas if it's chlorine-treated water through the pipes to where you turn on your faucet and you're getting chlorine gas. You get a big whiff of that. It, it will burn and scar the interior of your lungs. So, Is that like the Clorox bleach but worse? Oh, way worse. Way worse. I, I've managed many commercial pools, and we've had many hazmat incidents where people have gone down. That cloud, no. of, cloud of concentrated chlorine gas will, will burn and, and, and make your lungs unusable. Not good. Rather quickly. Well, okay. Well, thanks for the update. No problem. Sign for traffic and weather. There's nothing to talk about in traffic anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> we could just go on with the Rob O'Donnell show. This traffic update is brought to you by Pendela Data Internet. It's looking pretty good. We have some heavy traffic on Route 309 in the Wilkesbury area. Uh, a little bit of heavy traffic on Blakely Street in Dunmore, Jefferson Avenue in Scranton, and Main Avenue in. Dixon City. But other than that, no reports of accidents, no major backups. 81 seems good to go from the New York border to Hazleton. 476, the PA Turnpike appears to be problem-free. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, mostly cloudy, breezy, some flurries, low 25. Tuesday, mostly cloudy, breezy, cold with snow, showers, and flurries, high 32. Wednesday, mix of sun and clouds, breezy and cold, high 46. Thursday, mix of sun and clouds, high 46. Friday, cloudy with scattered rain showers, high 47. It's currently 38 degrees and cloudy here at 442 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 428 here in the station, 38 degrees and cloudy. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. I did say earlier that Germany was one of the nations that did uh, had a... What's the word I'm looking for? That didn't have universal health care. Germany has two types. In Germany, health care is mandated by law, so you must have health insurance. And they have two plans, statutory health insurance, which is SHI, and private health insurance. Statutory health insurance is sort of like our Medicare, 
80% of the nation has that because, again, it's mandatory, and then 20% of the nation has private health insurance. So it's not truly universal, but because it's mandated by law, they call it a, a universal multi-payer health care system, that SAHI, because it's mandated by law, the insurance that your employer gives you, that we'd have different plans here like Geisinger, you know, Blue Cross Blue Shield, different plans here. The employers there pay into statutory health insurance. But again, 20% of the country has private health insurance and don't buy into the uh, that. But it is mandatory by law to have health insurance in Germany. So that's the, dif- the discrepancy there. So it's not a true universal health care system. Uh, it is a universal health care system where everybody must have insurance by law. That's Germany law is you must have health insurance. But they have two different types of systems, the statutory health insurance, SHI, which is sort of like our Medicare, Medicaid, and uh, private health insurance, which is about 20% of the nation. So that's that's the difference there. But it was brought up, so I'm going to put it out there. Let's go to the phones. Uh, we have uh, Tom from Hazleton on censorship. Tom. Yes, uh, Mr. O'Donnell. Yeah. I was wondering why there's such censorship and who's handing it down about the gag order, January 6th, WikiLeaks, uh, the whistleblower, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, the classified documents. I don't think there's much censorship on that. I, I think it's been out there, you know, as much as anything else. Yeah, it seems like it's centered around here with Papergate, et cetera. Not sure what you're getting at, Tom. Um, you know, I can yeah. I could read on yeah. all the things you brought up if I wanted to. You know, I think they've been, as far as the gag yeah. order, you know, uh, in in the trials that are going on, you know, I it, it is what it is, and I think it's up for an appeal, and the appeals judges have voted on it. You know, saying it it is valid, it's not valid, but for everything yeah. you just lumped in together, you know, I I don't I don't see what you're what you're trying to see there. They're connected. They're definitely connected to the person uh, listed in the classified documents. Oh, okay, Tom. Well, not sure what you're you're saying. Uh, well, uh, there there seems to be uh, something in the House of Representatives which appointed a new. Uh, a new person that would be commander-in-chief, and uh, this this person was approved when Mr. Trump was being impeached, and uh, that's what, that was the reason for the insurrection. All right, Tom, uh, I'm I'm not really getting what you're you're saying there. The the House is under Republican control now. They did away with Speaker McCarthy. They have a new speaker now. Um, you have a mixed uh, government bag, so really not sure uh, what conspiracies they're out there. Yeah, um, depending on what, how you want to look at things, you can twist it each way you want to twist. Um, I, I really got nothing. So it's uh, 4.32 here at WILK. It's time for the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 4.38. 38 degrees and cloudy outside. It's the point of the show where we honor our heroes across America who made the ultimate sacrifice. 63 police officers made the ultimate sacrifice on this day, four of which from here in Pennsylvania. 
going to start off with uh, Agent John F. Gibbons Jr., the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board, 1968. Succumbed to injuries sustained the previous day in an automobile crash on the Parkway East I-378 near Churchill Borough. Exit in Wilkinsburg. Next, we're going to have uh, Police Officer James Francis Christie, Philadelphia Police Department in Pennsylvania, 1961. Suffered a fatal heart attack while carrying a woman who had attempted suicide into Frankfurt Hospital. We have uh, Assistant Superintendent James J. Hearn, Philadelphia Police Department in 1930. Suffered a heart attack while directing police operations at the scene of a fire at Horticultural Hall in Fairmont Park. We also have Chief of Police Samuel Taylor of the Barnesboro Police Borough Police Department in Pennsylvania, 1905. Succumbed to a gunshot wound sustained two weeks earlier. In the evening of November 12, 1905, an intoxicated man fired three shots through the door of a residence in Barnesboro, slightly wounding an occupant in a residence. Chief Terrell located the suspect at his home nearby and a deputized a citizen to help him arrest the suspect. At, sus- at first, the suspect agreed to uh, accompany Chief Taylor and the citizen back to Barnesboro. They only walked about 100 yards when the suspect pulled a revolver from his boot and shot Chief Taylor once in the face. I also uh, got a text message about the individual who passed Saturday, November 18th at his home, uh, Carl Smith, Carl David Smith, 70. He was uh, born in Wilkes-Barre. Graduated the Lackawanna Junior College Police Academy. Prior to his retirement, he served as the Deputy Chief of Newport Township Police Department here in Pennsylvania. So he uh, passed at his home following a courageous battle with several major illnesses. So our thoughts and prayers go out to Carl David Smith's family, local law enforcement here in our area, who thankfully uh, passed peacefully on the weekend of uh, November 18th. And I appreciate the text message here. Reaching out to me for uh, with that information. Looking at some, uh, and that that was coming from uh, Ginny C. Plains Township. Thank you for that text message there. Got text messages about the the last call. The moon landing was staged because they really went there to build a laser that only destroyed Republican votes. The laser didn't go active until 2017. Yeah, I, hey, I didn't have anything there either. So, somebody did ask Rob, is it possible for a terrorist to put fentanyl or anthrax in our water supply? If uh, if so, they could kill all the Americans. Well, thankfully, our water supply is decentralized, and to put fentanyl or anthrax they would have to physically be there to do it so yes it is possible but this is something that probably took place from anywhere in the world to uh, hinder the the software via the internet that's connected to the uh, water supply now things they can do from that area and things I know I've sat in training sessions for is they can mess with the pressure they can mess with the mixtures and like I said some places treat their water supplies with chlorine 
Some places treat their water with ultraviolet lights to kill bacteria and such. It all depends on, you know, the, the setup that's there locally. And, and thankfully, our water supply is decentralized. So to kill everybody at once would probably be really hard. But by increasing the pressure, by increasing, you know, the, the chemical mixtures, by shutting the water supply down, making it inoperable, you know, will cause all, all sorts of issues. I mean, we see what happens locally when power goes out and water supplies are down and people panic and you know a lot of people don't know how to take care of themselves a lot of people aren't self-sufficient nor should they have to be but it's good to know how to be if you need to be but um you know that's that's what it is there it's uh 443 here wilk time for traffic and weather again well thank you very much rob who invited winter in by the way it is cold out there See, you got a nice hat on there. I am wearing my hat, yes, because I need to. <laughs> this Bendela data internet traffic update, nothing to really report. Uh, we don't have any accidents in Northeast PA. Everything's looking good from the New York border to Hazleton on 81. There was an accident out on 80 East in Danville uh, that was backing things up. They, I believe, cleaned that up. But um, between Danville and Stroudsburg, no issues to report as well on 80, 470. The PA Turnpike looking pretty good. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, mostly cloudy, breezy, for uh, and some flurries, low 25. Tuesday, mostly cloudy, breezy, and cold with snow showers and flurries, high 32. Wednesday, mix of sun and clouds, breezy and cold, high 46. Thursday, mix of sun and clouds, high 46. Friday, cloudy with scattered rain showers, high 47. It's currently 37 degrees and cloudy outside now at 444, your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is uh, 449 here at the station, 37 degrees and cloudy outside. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Go to the phones. We have um, Gary from New Angola on Admiral Stravridis' comments earlier today. Gary. Hi, uh, Rob. Hey, I heard uh, Stravridis this morning. He was saying that uh, on another station, uh, he was saying that uh, the uh, destroyer that uh, chased down that... uh, 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 um, uh, that was like a boat, you know, it was like a, uh, there was, was an like Israeli, a, Israeli flag tanker ship that was, uh, uh, taken over by, by Somali pirates backed by Yemen. Right. And they chased down the, the pirates with this destroyer. And he was saying that they could, Ski behind this destroyer, water ski behind this destroyer. Do you think that's real? I didn't hear that. Um, I, well, I, what he said? Yeah, it's he an said. it's an Arleigh Burke class destroyer. Um, I know the skiff boats. The, you might have misunderstood him. The skiff boats come but launch to and from the uh, USS Mason, the Arleigh Burke class destroyer. Um, as far as skiing behind a destroyer, I 
I've never heard of that, but I'm not saying it, you know, it can't be done. Well, they that was a uh, that was like a, uh, he was saying that you could ski behind an Arleigh Burke destroyer. He was saying you could water ski behind it because it went so fast. Now look, I did oh okay, yeah, yes, uh, not that you physically can ski. Yeah, Arleigh Burke class destroyers are very quick in the water. They, they are, I mean. To be quite honest with you, our aircraft carriers are very quick in the water. You could probably ski behind them as well. Uh, well, uh, I don't know. I, I I think that was hyperbolic, man. Uh, I I've seen an Arleigh Burke class destroyer move. I mean, I think its unclassified speed is like thirty knots, which is uh, you know quite a quite a clip. Well, you know. Another thing he said, it, the captain was a woman. He and uh, okay, there's there's, there's know, plenty I'm of them. All of this staff, I'm thinking all of this staff listeners would wonder how a woman could be a commander of a destroyer. Well, Gary, we're, we're going to leave it there. There's plenty of women who are commander of destroyers. There's plenty of women in leadership roles in our United States Navy. Um, obviously, the USS Mason took action not only to apprehend the rebels that pirated the ship and tried to flee, apprehended them, but under her command, they also shot down two ballistic missiles that were targeting their Arleigh Burke-class destroyer. Um, an Arleigh Burke-class destroyer's unclassified speed exceeds 30 knots, which is above 35 miles an hour. So that's... Uh, that's pretty quick, and and most of our Navy ships are pretty quick. So yes, I'm probably you could probably ski behind them. It's uh, 4:53 here at WILK. We'll be back. I don't know, Jake. I just think we just let that play. Seems like a lot of people's Thanksgiving weekend are extended. It's um, 4:56 here at WILK. 37 degrees. Looking at the text messages coming in, yeah, I, I just don't get today. I'm, I'm assuming somebody's playing some kind of game, or, or if not, we're all in trouble. Um, New York City law banning discrimination based on height and weight went into effect today. New city law that bans discrimination against someone because of their height and weight went into effect, I'm sorry, last week, Friday. Six months after Merrick Adams first signed the legislation, the law aids those two categories to adds those two categories to a list of characteristics that are protected from housing, job, and public discrimination. Alongside things like age, gender, race, religion, and sexual orientation, according to the New York Times. All New Yorkers, regardless of their body shape or size, deserve to be protected from discrimination under the law. I, I wonder if you get arrested for that, making fun of somebody because they're short. Do you, do you get a little jail time? I don't know. All New Yorkers, uh, body size discrimination affects millions of people every year. 
contributing to harmful disparities in medical treatment and outcomes, blocking people from access to opportunities in employment, housing, and public accommodations, and deepening existing injustices that some people face. New York City is leading the nation with its groundbreaking anti-discrimination law. City Council approved the bill back in May, signed it in, uh, to law the same month back in May, and it just took effect last week, saying that heavier people should not be treated differently when they are applying for a job. Some jobs. Science has shown that body tape type is not connected, is not a connection to if you're healthy or unhealthy, said Adams who authored a book in 2020 about losing 35 pounds. I think it's a misnomer and we're really dispelling. Listen, I, I don't think we should be making fun of people because they're short, because they're tall, because they're fat, because they're not fat. But if you want to make up things and say, well, you know, your body size being being unhealthily large is, has nothing to do with health or unhealthy, I'd beg to differ. You know, it's about recognition. It's about... At what point does personal responsibility come into it? It's as simple as that. You know, I've lost 30 pounds. I'm attempting to maintain that 30 pounds, which I've done an actually good job at doing. I'm hovering around that 30-pound mark. Now, after the Thanksgiving, I'm, I'm up another six. But by the end of this week, I'm hoping to be back down to my 30-pound mark. My goal right now for the next two months is maintenance. I'm going to maintain that 30 pounds off, and then come January, after the holidays, where I enjoy myself, I'm going to look to lose another 10 or 20 pounds. But I'm overweight because of lack of motivation. I'm overweight because I lack discipline. That's the reason. It's not anybody else's fault. It's not because I'm, yes, I'm less healthy because I have extra pounds on. That's just a medical fact. To make excuses for that is just lying to yourself. And that's just me personally. But, yes, I don't think people should be made fun of because of the way they look. But do we really want, you know, really short people being firemen and police officers? Do we want really large people, you know, being a lifeguard? Don't know. It's 5 o'clock here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute.